Well, good morning. Um, I was asked to give a quick introduction uh, this morning. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not quite so sure I can do that, though. Um, I met Jasper Bacon years and years ago. We won't be specific. Uh, at Wheaton College, which is outside of Illinois. In fact, we, we met on the football field, and then we, our paths kind of diverged. And then in uh, 1988, I was invited to, to a breakfast of business people, and uh, Jasper came and you know, was talking about the ministry that he was working on in Canton, Mississippi. And I thought to myself, you know, this is how I can make a difference. I can help this man. I can help him. I know him. Uh, this is going to be great. Let, let me start writing some checks. Well, that was 30, literally 30 years ago. And, and what, I, what I didn't realize at the time was that, you know, I wasn't helping him, really. It was that the invitation to help with the ministry that uh, Jasper and Carolyn run down in Canton um, was a gateway for blessing for me. And then when Cindy and I got married, she jumped into the ministry too. And, uh, and the blessings just continue, right? And, and, the, and the more that God blessed us, the more we could share with them. It's just pouring blessings on us. When we started Crossway Church in 2007, we started in September in December of 2007, Jasper and Carolyn came out to visit our church. And uh, the pastors, the staff, Pastor John, Pastor Steve, Pastor, uh, Pastor Sam wasn't here yet, um, had met together and said, this is a ministry we want to partner with, which was a real blessing to me because I just merely made the introduction. That following summer, we sent our first mission trip uh, from Crossway. It was the first mission trip that Crossway had ever sent, right? Some have gone every year. Some have gone uh, a couple of years like us. But again, just the blessings to be part of that ministry. Um, and, and so I stand here before you uh, making this quick introduction. But, but the reality of this is, for all of us here, right? Canton, Mississippi, it's a, it's a, it's a long ways away. Why, why should we care? Well, Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Um, I just came across this reading again. And this is when Jesus is describing the final judgment, right? The righteous go to one side, the unrighteous on the other. And the king says to the righteous, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. And the righteous said, well, when did we do this, right? And Jesus said, when you did this for the least, you know, you did this for me. And I think about this ministry that way. And, um, I'm just blessed to be part of it. My prayer is that when God touches your heart, not if, but when, that you react to it, that you don't, you don't walk away from it. And, and I'm blessed that I didn't 30 years ago. So with that, I'll introduce my... Good friend, Jasper. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Uh, my wife wanted to come over and be with us today. Uh, she's at, uh, at the other campus. Uh, but I want to thank you all for sending the teams down to um, 
Canton, Mississippi. And if you have not had a chance to uh, join the team, we would invite you to uh, join a, a team and come. A lot of good things are happening there in Canton each summer. Uh, your mission team comes and does either robotics program, a math camp, a science uh, camp, a basketball camp, all kinds of good things. And lives are being touched, you all. And uh, I want to be a part of something uh, such that one day um, when we get to heaven, someone will say that I'm, I'm in heaven because of that scripture you shared with me in Canton, Mississippi. Uh, I'm now in college because of a word of encouragement that you gave me. So we want to say thank you all so much. Also, um, thank you for sending uh, Pastor Paul down um, about a month ago. He came and spent a week with us, and he helped us to think through a lot of social media type things and, and resource development and that kind of thing. So anyway, so we have a really, really, really good partnership with you all. Pastor Steve and I uh, are big buds, and so we thank God. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, he said last year when I came that uh, someone um, uh, mis had mistaken him for me. And so that means, you know, we must really be coming big buds, you know, we begin to look alike. And so, but on a serious note, uh, my prayer is that God will use me to share a word of encouragement with you this morning. Uh, we know the subject matter is excelling in Christian generosity. And that's something that uh, we all uh, need to strive toward and for, and that is excel and to do more for God, not for people, but to do more for God. Um, I was recently thinking of God's love for us. You know, God's love is for us. God's love is in us. And God's love should be through us. Uh, I'm thinking of the one verse that we all know, that's John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And there's a good word, you all. Love is proved by the giving, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, uh, only begotten son. Sacrificially, he gave. There's a good thought. We ought to be giving sacrificially as God has given sacrificially, right? But then also Romans chapter 5, verse 8 is another Favorite verse of mine, Romans 5, 8 says, But God proved his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Again, uh, even when we were going in the other direction, maybe not doing completely right, God still loved us, right? And so I think of verses such as those, and even in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things, if God be for us? The question in my mind, you all, and I'm having to think through this for me, what is my response to be to God's love? How do I respond to a God who has loved me with an everlasting love? How do I respond to that, right? How do I respond to a God who loves me unconditionally, right? How do I respond to that? Well, and I have a passage of scripture today. If you would take your Bibles and turn with me or on your 
computer there and tur turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And, and we see today in our passage three things that I want to bring to your attention. Uh, first of all, we see the Apostle Paul giving us an express, three E's actually, an expressed concern for the Corinthian church. An expressed concern, he had a concern for the Corinthian church. And basically his concern for the Corinthian church was that they had not followed through on a commitment they had made. And they had made a commitment a year prior that they were going to take up a donation for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And they had procrastinated for a whole year. And they hadn't done it. I began to think about myself. You know, there are those commitments that I've made to the church. Those commitments that I've made to those organizations, Christian organizations, and I haven't followed through. But then secondly, along with a concern that Paul had for the Corinthian church, he then gives them two, second E, two examples of Christian generosity. He gives them the example of the Macedonian churches, and we'll look at that. He also gives them the example of Jesus Christ himself as an example of what generosity should look like, right? We need examples of what generosity looks like. But then thirdly, he gives us another E, exhortations on how we're to be generous in chapter 9. And we want to look at that uh, as well. Allow me to pray just for a moment. Father in heaven, I pray that you would use the words, the thoughts that you've given me to impact the hearts of these, my brothers and sisters. Help us not to be procrastinators. Help us to be a people who respond to your love by being generous and reaching out and helping where we can. We trust you for these things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, look with me at the first E. We find in, in, in chapter 8, verses 6 and 10. Look, look at verses 6 and 10 for me. And I need to put my eyes on, y'all. Hold on, let me put my eyes on. Got my eyes on. In verse 6, we see a concern, this concern that Paul has. Let me read it to you. He says in verse 6, So we urge Titus, his fellow co-worker, that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. Paul says, you know, I'm sending Titus, right, to help you all to, to stop procrastinating, right? To Go ahead and do what you know you're supposed to do, right? Sounds like he might be talking to us, huh? Verse 10. But verse 10 says, and in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began. See here the word began. You started this thing a year ago and were desirous to do a year ago. But now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there is a readiness, yep, I know there was a readiness to desire it so there also may be a completion of what you have. Paul had a concern. You know, the Bible tells us that it's, it's much better not to vow that you're going to do something 
than to vow you're going to do something and not follow through. He says, I got a concern. You started and you didn't, did not complete it. I have two, three grandkids. And two of those are boys, my, my 10 and my 6-year-old. And, and we have a little expression that, that I've taught them. And, and that expression goes something like this, that bacon, my last name is Bacon, bacon boys don't quit. So now 10-year-old, 6-year-old, they know if they start something, they got to complete it. I think that's a good word for us, you all, to learn how to complete our commitments that we make to the Lord, right? And so Paul was concerned about this whole procrastination thing. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give you two examples of one of churches, secondly of Jesus, who has followed through on generosity giving, right? So he takes us now, if you would, to verse 1 of chapter 8. And we want to start then kind of work our way through, right? So he says in verse 1, you know, I want to talk about these churches and maybe this will motivate you. Maybe this will prompt you to go ahead, take the collection up, get it to the Jerusalem saints who are in need, right? So he says, moreover, brethren, we want to make known to you the grace of God bestowed on those churches at Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. There's something I need you to see here, you all. Most of us, by nature, we are selfish. Most of us, by nature, we think only about ourselves. That's a part of that fallen nature that we all have. So Paul says that these churches, it wasn't a man-centered, it wasn't a man-motivated kind of thing. It was the grace of God that was on these churches, right? It was the grace of God that had motivated these churches to give even in their poverty. You know what happens most of us when we feel as if we have just a little bit, we're going to shed our fist tight and hold on to what we have. But these churches says, you know what, we're in poverty. But even in our trials, we're going to help those other people who are in need. And Paul says it was not man-centered. It was the grace of God that motivated them. Listen to this. The generosity of those Macedonian churches that Paul used as an example, they were motivated by the grace of God. Not just a human noble work, but it was what God was doing through them. Have you experienced the grace of God? Seriously. Has it dawned on you that at one point in your life you were in sin, controlled by sin? Most of us now, we don't want to hear it said that we're sinners, but the Bible says for all of us have sinned. The Bible says if you, don't have, if you say you don't have a sin nature, we all have a sin nature. But have you experienced the grace of God whereby you know that God sacrificially sent his son Jesus, and with him sending Jesus, we now have forgiveness, right? We now have sonship through him. We now have eternal life through him. And in, in knowing this, have you said, God, this is something I can't even repay. 
I can't repay you for delivering me from the power of sin, from the, and one day from the presence of sin and from the penalty of sin. And hence, have you asked yourself, what is my response to the grace of God? One response is just as love, that I'm to love God because he first loved me. I'm to give back to God because he first gave to me. Someone once said that maturity is understanding that the priorities of life goes like this. God first, others second, and myself last. Most of us in society would say, nope, the priorities of life goes like this. Me first and what's left, I give to God. And if there's anything else, I may give to others. Paul said these dear brothers and sisters, they had experienced the grace of God and they, they wanted to give. Listen at their situation. You can look at verses 2, 3, and 4. And it says, one, they gave out of great trials. If you want to know the specifics of that, read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It says that these dear people were being, uh, uh, um, going through some great trials and tribulations, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. But even in that, they gave. But secondly, here in the passage, they gave not only according to what they had, but they gave beyond what they, I don't really, I really don't understand that, y'all. I do not understand what it means to give till it hurts. Because in my life, I've given out of my abundance. I really don't understand, but it says they gave beyond what they were, what they were able to give. I think there's a, a parable of the widow, or the story of the widow and her one little mite in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, that might help us to understand, but they gave beyond. It says even in verse 4 that they begged Paul and Titus to give. Can you imagine that? You're poor. You don't have anything, but you're begging that you might have an opportunity to give out of the little bit that you have, right, to help someone else. Paul says this is one of the examples of Christian generosity. But you know what the key to this whole thing is? If you look on the next, uh, in, verse, uh, in verse 5, the key to this whole thing of them being generous is found in verse 5. Look at it in verse 5. This is the key. Verse 5 says this, you all, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. He's not talking about them getting saved here. If you want to know what, when and how they got saved and gave their lives to Jesus and respond, you go back to Acts chapter 17, 17 and 18, and you'll see where they turned from idols and they gave their life to the Lord. But he is here talking about what we find in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You know what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 said? Paul says, now once you're saved, here's the key. But I beseech you, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, I beseech you, therefore, by the, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies to God. A living sacrifice. If you've experienced God's mercy, the least Paul says we can do is to present ourselves to God. Now the word present is a very interesting word in that it means to dedicate yourself, right? Once you've accepted Jesus and you've experienced his goodness and his grace, then it is up to us to dedicate ourselves 
to the Lord. Listen to this. Dedicating ourselves means dedicating our money, dedicating our time, dedicating our spiritual gifts, dedicating our talents, dedicating our resources, dedicating our influences. Here's a question that I ask myself all the time. What is it that I have that I didn't get from God? Is there anything that I have that didn't come from God? All good and perfect gifts come from God, according to the Bible. So therefore, in my response, I should want to be a good steward. In my response, I ought to say, God, you gave me this job. God, you gave me these talents. God, you gave me these spiritual gifts. Therefore, I want to dedicate these back to you. I want to be a good steward of what you've given me. God, one day I want to hear you say, well done. You used my talents. You used my gifts in a way that was pleasing to me, right? Paul says there was another example, and that example of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. If you would, look at verse 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. You know what the word of God says. The word of God says in John chapter 1, verse 1, that Jesus was in eternal blitz with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but yet verse 14 says he became flesh so that he might walk among us but ultimately that he might die on the cross for us. He left riches and he became poor. And Paul says, you Corinthians, you need to look at the example of Jesus, how he was willing to sacrifice his life for the whole world. He was trying to motivate them to do the same, you all. You know, there is an exhort exhortation for us. Look with me in chapter 9 quickly. Chapter 9. We find, starting in verse 6, and let me just read them. You can go uh, state them, and you can go back and read the verses for yourself. But he says, one, because of Jesus' example, because of the example of the Macedonian churches, but more so of Jesus' example. Here's my exhortation to you, Corinthians. One, I've said it, complete what you started. If you vow to help someone, you vow to give that donation to those saints in Jerusalem, complete it, do it. But then secondly, in, in chapter 9, he says, learn how to sow bountifully. Learn how to sow in a generous way. Give in a generous way. God will continue to bless your life. But then also he says in this path, learn how to purpose in your heart what you're going to give. Word purposely, purpose, doing it purposefully means do it prayerfully, a premeditation of it, right? And a plan of action of how you're going to help the church, how you're going to help that organization, or what have you. Then he says, don't give grudgingly. Don't give with regrets and reluctantly. You give in response to God's love, in response to God's grace. Give cheerfully. God has a unique, special love for those who are happily committed to generous giving. Matter word, as a matter of fact, the word cheerful, cheerful here means to give in a hilarious way. Laughing, full of happiness for, in your giving. I, I want to leave a few thought questions with you. 
concerning Christian generosity. Here's some things we need to think about. One, have I dedicated myself, all that I am, all that I have, have I dedicated it back to the Lord? But here's some real thoughtful questions. When God looks at my life and your life, would God say that we are stingy or generous people? Don't worry about what others think. But would God say that we're stingy or generous? Would God say that we love money or that we love giving to his cause? I'll ask you another question. When is the last time you denied yourself of a pair of shoes or a pair of pants or a shirt? or anything material so that you might use that money to bless somebody who was in need. Matt, do you have a plan for giving to your church or other worthy causes? Are you willing to give in secret so no one else will know it? God has been so good to us, y'all. He's blessed us so much. The least we can do is to give back to him all that we have. God has been good. In response, Lord, I want to give back to you every inch of me. Everything you put in my care, I give it back to you. To God be the glory. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for the greatest gift ever given. We thank you, Father, for loving us when we were in a, quite a predicament, sin controlling us, with the wages of sin being death, but yet you saw fit, even in eternity past, to make a way out. We could never repay you for all you've done. But yet, Father, we ask you to take the little bit that we have and use it, whether it be our time, our talent, our spiritual gifts or whatever it is. Take just this little bit and glorify yourself through it. And now, Father, as your words have gone out, I pray that you'd use these words out of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 to bless somebody's heart to cause someone to say, yes, Lord, I want to become a little bit more generous in my giving of all that you've given to me. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.